and then the kid said, this is the greatest day of my life. Wow. This is the the greatest day of my life. This is incredible. And, you know, I looked at the dad, and we both just smiled. Oh, that's nice. That is cool. That's that's what what fishing is about, really, when you get right down to it. Absolutely. And I think I've told you this before. My favorite trip is... uh, is a dad and a kid, or, you know, yesterday on Bemidji, I had uh, uh, grandpa, grandma, and two grandkids, an eight and a nine-year-old, and, and we got out on, and I started running some crankbaits, and we immediately had perch on. Like, they're both reeling in perch, and, and those kids didn't care. You know, they were happy as heck. The girl was naming the, every perch we caught, and <laughs> they, they could have cared less if it was a walleye pike or whatever. As long as there was something on the end of that end of that line that they could, uh, they could reel in, they were happy, and and Grandpa gave me a couple, gave me lots of smiles, keeping them entertained and keeping the fish biting. So nice. Have you found? Uh, and I've heard from a number of guides that um, they've got a lot of trips this year from people who would typically be going up into Canada, and they're not going that far, and it's it's really increased their business. Have you found that with North Country guides this year? I guess. I mean, I've talked a handful of clients have gone up there, but they had they didn't weren't hiring us because they couldn't go to Canada. I think they just they'd never fished this area and just okay. wanted to shorten their learning curve a little bit and have you know they were less interested maybe uh, in catching fish as much as they were what's working right now and some spots. So you just kind of run around, say, "Hey, this is what I'm catching fish on. Try here, 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 and here." run this kind of depth and then you know puts around just show them on the graph like you know here's some fish this is what they're gonna look like you want to fish this kind of zone so it's been some of that okay but i think uh by and large i think i've taken a lot more anglers that are i would i would say novice or haven't fished much at all and okay. just it's it's something to do outside yeah they want they want to they try fishing they want to Get out and reel some stuff in. You know, that uh, is what we heard, you know, in the spring, that we were having close to a record number of uh, license sales, a lot of it doing because stuff that typically is done in spring and summer wasn't available. People wanted to get outside right. and do stuff. And if they're having good experiences, we hope that means they're going to stick around and do it again next year. Absolutely. I mean, the people I've taken, I've, I sure... I sure have left the lake feeling really good that they had a good experience and it's something that they they might do again whether it's you know whether it's with me whether it's another guide or, guide or whether it's something they do on their own and that's really what it's about is you know, especially when you work with some of these companies like mm-hmm. I do with clam and, and tuned up custom rods you want you're trying to help that business grow and mm-hmm. obviously the more ang- people that are fishing, more opportunity they have to sell more product, and and that's fun to see. And and the license sales, like you said, said was way up. And I know fishing line companies must be happy because I think it's a little better now. But boy, was there a stretch where try to find some six or eight pound monofilament was pretty dang tough. Really? Huh? Yeah, the a lot of empty slots in the stores. That's now, and I don't know. I think that's due to one an increase in people angling. And then two, I would assume that most of that stuff was coming from overseas, and and those shipments were uh, not coming in or, and or delayed. That is so crazy how that that domino effect of everything, you know? Right. So, right. Um, 
Have you noticed, in addition to the numbers we've talked about, have you actually noticed that there's more boats out there, that there's more crowds out there? I've maybe seen a little bit of an increase, um, but not, I wouldn't say it's been substantial. I mean, you know, with kind of the the other guides in the area, you know, I know most of them and network a little bit. You know, you're talking to each other about this, that, and the other thing. Um, I've talked to them about the same thing. Their phones don't stop ringing either. Okay. Everybody's staying busy, but uh, I I would say I I haven't noticed a giant increase in traffic, I guess, but there's more and more of those dang wakeboard, wake surf boats (laughs) making the giant. I know that thing is, that's really increased in popularity over the last couple of years. That's always the tension on the water, isn't it? (laughs) People want to use the water for different things. I used I used to be grumpy about jet skis. I don't mind them as much anymore because they seems like they've gotten quieter. But those uh, wake surf boats, I'm sure it's fun. But boy, when those uh, when those waves hit you from, you know, they're they get, they're pretty good swells that they push up with those things. Oh yeah. <laughs> so um, when you're actually just out fishing for yourself, what, what do you like to fish for? Oh. Kind of snuck out and did a little more musky fishing this summer than oh. I typically have. So, but it, boy, that was back in July when I got to do that. That was almost a month ago. I am hoping to sneak out uh, Thursday morning. You got a friend that's got the week off, and him and I are going to go cast for a bit and try to get lucky. I, I did. Uh, I've seen all these musky pictures from these musky anglers and. Just drives me bonkers. I'm like, God, I want to get out there. I want to get one of those big ones. <laughs> I was able to get a small one on off of Lake Bemidji in July, but that just kind of made my made the itch worse. Have you ever gone up and done uh, the sturgeon thing on Lake of the Woods and uh, Rainy River? Oh yeah, I do that uh, every spring. Um, I was only able up, made, only able to get up there twice this spring, and just kind of missed the bite. We didn't. We we caught a few, but they were all smaller. Had my ten-year-old son up. I wanted him to reel in a big one, but well, hopefully next year. And and I didn't get my wife up there. My wife's my wife's not super keen on fishing. She'll go every now and again, but that's one thing she loves is sturgeon fishing. Really? Yep. <laughs> I think uh, the biggest sturgeon I've caught is fifty-five, fifty-eight inches. I'm I'm not even sure. And I know she's gotten. Four or five over 60 inches. Oh, wow. The boys always ask, Dad, what's the biggest fish you've ever caught? Because they'd never remember. Hmm. And and I tell them it was a big sturgeon. And I said, actually, your mom's got a bigger fish than your dad has. And then they, they think that's pretty funny. <laughs> nice. Fish and Paul Bunyan Country presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Jason Rylander of North Country Guide Service, my guest, talking about catching big fish. The musky fishing, the sturgeon fishing, I mean, there is something, I don't know what to call it, instinctive about, you know, an angler wanting to catch that Moby Dick-like fish. Well, it's an, you always want to catch the biggest fish, <laughs> regardless of what species it is. There's something about those big ones that, that's intriguing. And I'll even, you know, if I'm fishing on my own, I'm not, I'm not typically going out to catch 
a bunch of 17-inch walleyes to eat. I'll go to a lake where I got a chance at a big one and, and drop a drop a big creek chub down and, you know, I might fish six hours and only have a bite or two, but I know that when that thing gets bit, I got a chance that that's that 26-inch walleye or bigger. That's always, that's kind of the number that gets me excited. Anything over 26 is a pretty dang good fish. So without giving up any super secret spots where you know there are big fish, what typically should we be looking for and what should we be presenting if we're trying to catch a big fish, that uh, that elusive 26-plus incher? I spend a lot of time on that DNR Lake Finder, and I'm looking at the, the netting results. So, you know, I'm looking for numbers of big fish that they're catching in their nets, and then that's where I'll go and target those lakes. And then typically my presentation, I'm going to be looking your classic walleye structure, but typically a lot of, a lot of times some, some deeper structure this time of year, deeper humps, where I can see those fish on my graph. They're not hiding in the weeds. They're, okay, there's some big marks down there. And then typically it's a, it's a big red tail or a big creek chub. And just work it slow and hover over those fish. And if they don't bite, you kind of hover over or, Mosey on over till you find another little batch of fish or two and and drop down again. And if you really want to catch big fish, you got to be prepared to wear layers and go deep into the soft water season almost to ice out. Oh, yeah, that's, I mean, and that's any species. Mm-hmm. That's end of October, early November, that's, if you, if you want your fish to weigh a lot of pounds, that's when they've got, uh, about as fat as they're going to get besides the spawn. I mean, that's that's when you're going to see your heaviest fish, whether that's a pike, a muskie, or a walleye. That's when they're going to have that, that weight on. And Yep, put on your long undies and is, we'll try to catch a big one. Is that just Jason fishing time, or, or do you still do trips out that, that deep into the year? We, I would. Uh, you, just, you don't you don't you don't see you don't get many calls after typically after about hunting season starts you know at mid September it's it's quieted down quite a bit and fall fishing can be can be real hit and miss I mean there's it seems like when I'm fishing into October Kev it's I might spend three hours driving around and then twenty minutes catching my fish they kind of you know especially walleyes they school back up. They're a little deeper, but they might be in a, you know, a tiny little area all packed in one little spot for whatever reason. And it takes a little, sometimes it takes longer to find them than it does catch them. Well, you know, you might be busier this fall because there's no Friday night lights. So we're looking for something to do on the weekends. I know. I don't. I don't know what I'm going to do with my Mondays without fantasy football to research. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Guess, guess, uh, guess hopefully I get some more time on the boat. Hopefully we have a little nicer October than last year. I don't know if you remember October last year, but I think it didn't rain those two or three days in October. <laughs> yeah, somebody told me fall was their favorite season, and I said, yeah, if you call two days a season. I mean... No kidding. <laughs> yep, it's typical. My boat sits in the driveway 
and then you get into October. I'm like, I'm going to sneak out, you know, end of October. I'm, I'm going to get out one or two more times. Then all of a sudden you look out there and the six inches of snow in the boat. And you're like, ah, shoot. Well, I suppose I better put, put it away for the year. Yeah. Straight on to get some venison. Yeah, we get uh, we get a couple days of fall and then we get a lot of pre-winter. <laughs> yeah, which, which ain't so bad either. I mean, the last couple of years we've got to get out on the ice nice and early and and that's, you know, that's usually the best bite for ice fishing is as soon as you can get out there. Well, we'll and we will be talking with you about that, certainly, as we get further into that season. But uh, yeah, right now, not, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not talk about that yet. <laughs> so get us ready for the weekend. Um, full uh, thing. What, if we're going out this weekend, A, what would be the best fish to be going for right now? What do we need to have in our boat? And where in the lake should we be hanging out? Well, if... If I was going out this weekend and I just wanted to set some hooks and and reel in some fish, I would go screw around on some of the smaller lakes with the bass and pike population and okay. spend some time on the weed lines, whether you're using a night crawler or a leech or, or grab some, some of those bigger minnows, work the shoreline or those weed edges. And, you know, bass will eat that live bait. Pike, obviously, they, they eat almost everything. And then, you know, you always got a chance at a walleye. And like I said, Big Turtle, Julia, you know, some of those, that kind of size of lake, you know, Black Duck even. Um, and spend some time, there's always fish in the weeds. The weeds are thicker than heck this time of year, so it's tough to fish in the weeds. You always just got to work that edge. And those fish are always moving in and out of them. And you'll definitely get some action. Okay. I, I think, you know, let's, uh, let's, I'm going to do an analogy here. I think I'm a pretty darn good griller, right? I think I know what I'm doing. And yet, if I go with another griller and watch him in action, I can learn a lot. And I really think, even if you've been fishing our, our lakes for years, I think it's worth hiring a guide and going out with them and just seeing what, what they do. Um, you know, even okay. if you think you know everything, um, there's always something to learn. Yeah, this, uh, well, just just this morning, there, I had a client. He's, he's got a place on Lake Bemidji, and I take a fish in two, three times a summer. And and today we did something that he's like, well, this is a little different than what we've done in the past. And I said, yeah. And I said, this is just another technique. And then he asked me, he goes, well, when I was with Bill, we did this. And I said, yep. And I said, that's something that Bill's really good at and something I need to jump in the boat with Bill at, Bill and get better at. And that's, you know, <laughs> bottom bouncers and spinners. I know how to do it, but I, I wouldn't, I'm never really that confident in it. Um, and, and Bill Lundy's, that's kind of his, uh, kind of his deal. And I'd love to jump in the boat with him and, and learn his techniques. Well, Jason, if people are looking to, to use your services, whether they're from uh, down the road or out of state, we, we're, we're international now that we're podcasting. Uh, how do they get? How do they get a hold of you and get something set up? Well, they can find us online, northcountryguides.com, or feel free to give me a call two one eight seven six six seven seven eight one. All right, Jason Rylander from North Country Guide Service, one of the best in the area. We love having him on the show. Jason, thanks for finding a few minutes for us today. We appreciate it. Absolutely. can sneak in after my search and rescue missions. <laughs> yes, you wear a multitude of hats. <laughs> today I did. <laughs> today I did.
Thanks a lot for the call, Kev. Always good to talk to you. Watch the weather. Be safe. Get out there. Have fun. We'll talk to you next week. Fish out, pop on, yeah. Country.